0: The Kinky Boys Podcast, exploring one kink at a time. Hello and welcome to the Kinky Boys Podcast. And today with a special treat, we finally have a full house with new podcasting equipment. Our special guest today is Jason. Hello. We also have Adam and Eddie. Hi.
1: Hi. So today's episode is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Hi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yes. Um first some news. Uh we're finally getting a sponsor. Woo! <laughs> so, yes. So, um, we are now brought to you by howtokillasuperhero.net. For all your superhero fetish needs, go to howtokillasuperhero.net. I feel we need a jingle. But... <laughs> yeah, we're working on it.
2: <laughs> or the superhero action sound. Or... Yes. Uh,
0: so yes, today's special guest is... Jessal. Jessal. Oh, I <already> did that. <laughs> and, um, yes, we're talking about a very special after school special a Lovely risque topic. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, you know, we have to push the envelope here. Yeah. It's a popular topic, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's good that for people to talk about it, it's sort of.
2: You have to be open. It's happening yeah. in the world.
0: Yeah, it happens. Mm. The most interesting thing for me about barebacking is that 30, 40 years ago, it wasn't a fetish it was just how sex was had particularly in the gay community like condoms were something only straight people used it
2: became taboo yeah. it
1: became fetishized <laughs> well of course why would you use a condom it's not like we could get pregnant
0: yeah that was yeah, the exactly. exactly. right. thing like condoms mm-hmm. prevented a number of minor stis mm-hmm. and pregnancy and it's like as much as we keep trying one of those things <laughs> isn't happening
1: i've tried yes. and i've tried and I've tried, and I swear to God my womb is barren that <laughs> just does go up there when you're trying to have a baby, right? <laughs>
0: uh, wonderful the state of the sex education in this country.
2: <laughs> I think that's how I remember my sex at yeah. school.
0: <laughs> that's how the gym teacher you taught, taught us Catholic school no. <laughs> so yes, you yourself have worked in porn and uh, yes, for a number of years, I was, well, I don't think verbeck star, uh, porn star is the right word, but I don't think actors quite putting any deaf justice to it, either. Mm. Performer. Performer. Performer's yes. right. And for a number of years, I also worked in HIV prevention, which is, yeah. some people see that as a bit of a weird <laughs> double thing to do, but yeah. Well, no, uh, it's not entirely that different when you get into it. It's basically being aware of the risks. Mm. Well, my big thing is, like, it's all about making an informed and the best choice for you. And it's all about making sure people have the knowledge on making a choice. And just telling them that their choice is wrong uh, disengages them from speaking to you about it because, oh, you're judging me. Why would I ever speak to you about it now? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, one of the biggest things about it is... Um, there's been a recent move, especially in the kink communities, away from safe, safe and content essential to risk-aware kink, because which is basically based on the philosophy of what we do is dangerous. There are fundamentally dangerous things we do. You just are aware of the risks and try and minimise them as much as possible while still enjoying what you do, which I think bareback fits into. Well, there was definitely a philosophy when I was working in sexual health and HIV protection of having safest funding you can have. Not necessarily safe, as an absolute term, but the safest you choose to have it, as long as you are aware of it. Yeah, of course. I think
2: that's a lot easier
0: to understand
2: from a kink perspective. I think it's a lot more accessible. You're already doing these things that you have to be risk-aware with. So it's a very easy message to translate across. Mm. Whereas maybe if you're not kinky, it doesn't quite seem so obvious.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, one of the interesting things that, that I've noticed is, um, with Truvada coming out and PrEP, is, um, now what organization was a real asshole about it?
1: American Health Foundation.
0: Yeah, they just couldn't get away from the condom message. The clue was in the first day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, now, the PrEP rollout in the US has been amazing and I can't wait for the NHS to get Funding sorted so that I could finally get on the damp thing.
0: Or just go on Pep.
1: I'm not <laughs>
0: consistently go on Pep. Well they have I've,
1: policies against i had to look at trying to cycle through twelve different hospitals, going to one a year. It's not worth the effort.
0: Yeah, I guess it It's it, a, it a lot true. of hassle to do yeah, it that yeah. way
1: round. I may as well just use a comp.
0: Yeah, so what originally made you want to, or why did you decide to do bareback porn? Um, because they offered me money. Um, but as be <laughs> <it, as laughs> it, awesome. <laughs> um, but when I started, uh it was just a very easy way of getting money, and the people I was working for at the time didn't do condom, uh, non bareback porn, and. Certainly when I started I didn't know know what other companies to go mm-hmm. for at the time. Like I was generally not informed about all my potential choices in terms of who and where I could work when I started. Mm-hmm. But later on it was because there was so much more bareback work that was available.
2: When you started, was it marketed as bareback porn? Because that's oh yeah, yeah quite yeah, a big popular thing yeah. now, but was it still kind of what they were trying to push and sell?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't until I'd been doing that for a number of years that I realized that by doing that, I had limited... Certainly back then, I had limited my ability to earn money in non-bareback porn world because I was seen as someone who's already done bareback and it would be worth Ooh, more... Dirty. Due, i I've certainly known uh, other guys who've been working in bareback porn who got paid so much more when they changed from doing condom porn to bareback porn, whether or not they were doing it. It's a lot that, easier yeah. to go that yeah. way around, I think, than that. And then, because they get to do that first scene where blah blah blah, bear for the first time. And, you can sell that for a lot. Yeah, it's new. An mm. And it's interesting about why that's, what makes us want to watch that over uh, about any other bareback scene you might do later. What makes it that it's the
2: taking of the innocent. Yeah, it's uh, it's the whole porn is fantasy.
0: Yeah, it's thing. the and first to, time. Uh, it's corruption, deviant, taboo nature.
2: Yeah, which is what appeals to everyone. Yeah, yeah. It's filthy, and we like it, just like every other kink.
0: I mean, it's very interesting seeing how it's grown as a fetish, as the cultural narrative of you have to have sex all the time has taken well, taken hold. I'm not old enough to be fully aware of, like, to have lived through the days of which AIDS happened, mm. and suddenly all porn suddenly became condom porn, and it was this very dictatorial message: that so do not do bareback sex; there is no negotiation. And it's what's interesting is the I would I don't call it bareback porn, but the porn before then had no condoms. It was also very different in itself about what you saw in that porn. I think we call it vintage, these (laughs) guys. Like a fine wine. Condom-free vintage (laughs) porn. Because uh, you see a couple fucking, they pull out, comes over his chest to his face. But with bareback porn, there's often a more dominant submissive role. There's a close-up on the fucking. You see a lot more teasing of the whole beforehand, which you wouldn't see if there was a porn. Mm -hmm. And also, you pull out and you either see someone come and then they go straight back in the arse, or you see them, someone come over the arse. So, and that point is very different from the point that came so before. Shot very differently. Yeah, so there's a much more fetishization of the cup. It's like, I know mm. Treasure Island Media have done one where they're basically injecting, in air quotes, um, a huge jar of cum, which I'm pretty sure is Campbell's condensed soup. But. <laughs> I don't know how long were they collecting it for. Well, this is the, the symbol they <laughs> They claim they collect it from a thousand guys over a whole year, and it's like, yeah, no.
2: But the the well, I terminology find... with how they market that oh, is yeah, very much you, geared you, you... to fetish it, fetishize find... yeah. it. It's how many loads, it's breeding, it's all this mm. kind of language to make it sound. I'm sure
0: that was more of an aspirational
1: statement than anything. <laughs> you would need so many preservatives.
0: I know, right? Uh, it's Treasure Island. That's not, that's not open lot. It. <laughs> it was just the back of someone's covered <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I think we lost it. <laughs> but yes, cultural narrative and bareback as a taboo yeah, but, fetishizing.
1: Uh, well, it's danger, but it's danger yeah. that you can visualize. It's the thing that you're slightly scared of, but that you also want.
0: Yeah, it makes it exciting. Um, I
1: hate to say this. It's kind of the same as vampires. It's the thing interesting. that you, <laughs> but
0: it's yeah, the thing that you yeah. want,
1: that you're scared of, that's like the visual metaphor for the things that you're slightly conflicted about. Except in teenage in this
0: abstinence? Case.
1: In this case, it's in porn <laughs> form.
0: Well, that's one commonality between a lot of different groups when asked about what they felt about that watching bareback porn, those who did and didn't bareback in their sex lives, but those who liked mm. watching it, there's was always an anxiety about what they felt how other people reacted to this porn like people who uh, watch bareback porn were worried that positive guys who were watching it would think that that it would be okay to have sex with everyone. They worried that negative guys watch, who were watching bareback porn would want to have sex with anyone and get it. But very few people were worried about how it affected them personally, but it was people did have this anxiety about it, particularly disgusting.
2: But is that becoming less? And that's why I, I don't think it's unfair to say barebacking certainly seems becoming more popular again these days. Mm. Is it because things like HIV, it's not a death sentence now, it's manageable, it's a long-term chronic illness. You're back to the stage where we can't get pregnant, there's a few other mm. STIs, but you can fix those more or less quite easily.
0: Well, that's something I wanted to get onto is, um, certain STI situations besides HIV. But, um, oh yeah, that's a very interesting thing. It's like, there is, a percentage of people who like watching bareback porn, who like participating in bareback sex, who don't necessarily want STIs. And there is another minority who, there is this fetishisation of catching HIV. But if you ask them a similar question, it's like, oh, well, what are your feelings on having potentially a hepatitis infection? like, oh, no, that sounds awful. And it's this weird. And it's, after asking questions like that, it becomes clear that it's not about It's about how the infection was spoken about before them that has shaped their reaction to it now.
2: Hmm.
0: And it's very interesting psychology that I don't think is fully understood by anyone, or if it is, they're lying. (laughs) I mean, I'd love to speak to someone about this, because it's just this... I can't identify with it in any way. It's sort of... What about contracting a virus could possibly... Be appealing and a ter- especially sexually appealing to you. It's a peer
2: social group. It, it yeah. it's we're with the cool kids. I now. don't
0: necessarily believe it's a peer social group you it at all. It's like what you were saying earlier about uh, more people uh, seeking out that sex. That's very different from it being being spoken about in your social group. True, because. More and more people feel anxiety about talking about their back sex with their friends. But then, but more and more people are seeking out their back sex. We just don't share with our friends that this is what we see. Yeah, because it's still this cultural taboo and it's... Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and it is fundamentally highly risky. Let's not gloss over that fact that, um, again, you have hepatitis. Hepatitis C, which I believe is incurable. Uh, is, it's the treatment is quite horrible Yeah and You they... can clear it but it's not a fun
1: But it's not a fun thing to go through But a long, It takes a long Long time to clear And
0: But it's mostly a problem For people already Living with a compromised Immune system or compromised liver Yeah Because people can have Hep C their entire lives And not realise until they get older And their liver starts becoming a bit more of an issue but with uh, men, particularly gay men on HIV treatment, where your liver is going through so much more work, uh, with the medication mm-hmm. you're on, uh, it, uh, your liver function becomes very important, something that needs monitoring, and it's not something that you can be treated for while being on HIV medication. Correct me oh. if I'm wrong
1: here. And um, basically.
0: Oh, and, it, and the other thing I found is, um, they've recently discovered a strain of, um, fully uh resistant um chlamydia. Well, Which is kinda horrible. <laughs> well drug resistant strains of anything have been coming coming for a while and yeah. that's why we've changed like I was recently treated for something and it's like, oh am I gonna be on this so and so penicillin like, oh no, we've got slightly different right now. Uh
1: yeah, when... we've got M D R XDR and totally drug resistant Everything at the moment It's something that's been coming For a long time That The World Health Organization Mm. has been talking about For decades and decades and decades The Cassandra Has been yelling Her head off about this one
2: Is that the next big sexual health scare then? Is that what we're uh, going to be talking about 20 years down the line? uh,
1: Tuberculosis is probably going to be The scarier one of these So far Syphilis, though, um, that's totally drug-resistant, is going around. (laughs) Sorry? Perfect
0: timing there
1: by our special guest. (laughs) What?
0: Just got a bit of cough.
1: Consumption, I believe they call it. (laughs) Sorry,
0: sorry. sorry.
1: Do you need a handkerchief? (laughs) Delicately (laughs) cough into it. Cover the red spots. (laughs) And then sing an entire (laughs) operatic
0: aria. About how you're dying and how hard it is to breathe.
1: <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, of of the STDs to get, even the ones which are hideously drug resistant, chlamydia is probably the least serious.
0: Uh, no, but it's quite horrible. It can be. Like, yeah. yeah. The majority of people
1: will have it completely asymptomatically and it'll just sit there. And it'll be another thing sharing your body that you don't really want there. But... The whole colony of me. (laughs) But occasionally it can go further at which point it becomes horrifying. Like all STDs. Once it goes to its end stage, syphilis is horrifying. Gonorrhea is horrifying. Chlamydia is horrifying. HIV, Hep C, Hep B, Hep A, all horrifying in their final stages. So, generally speaking, you know, get checked up, get treated, blah, blah, blah. But of the ones to be worried about, chlamydia is just a problem because it's so prevalent. It's completely asymptomatic. If you don't go to get checked up regularly, You're not going to realise you have it until potentially you've infected a ton of people.
0: Well, we live in a very, very lucky period where there's pretty much no no sexual infection, at least which isn't manageable or easily manageable with with the right access to healthcare.
1: Yeah, in this country, if you're taking a
0: proactive
1: severe drug-resistant stuff will still be manageable, there will be options... You'll be be able to treat it, certainly. Whether or not you'll be able to treat it at its cause, as opposed to at its symptoms, that's another matter. But yeah, that would be a very
0: rare case, anyway. So while we're on STDs, um, we always talk about, uh, when dealing with a fetish, safety concerns. Now obviously, barebacking is a very high-risk activity... Um, but are there things people do to try and limit that? Oh yeah, there's plenty of different things, but it's largely dependent on people at the time, and with the biggest effect of the, that affects people being able to make risk to risk assess and make those choices mm-hmm. the biggest factor that affects people's ability to do that is drugs, because quite often particularly in cities like Brighton and Manchester, that's almost most common cause of different risk factors. Like it's there are plenty of safe sex messages going out at the moment which is like, oh if you're gonna have sex, try and get the guy to pull out. Mm -hmm. That's how you limit your risk, that's great. Or just use plenty of lube because one of the key because using lube helps limit possibility of infection. Like Mm -hmm. Yep. Or just do oral. Like there are loads of ways to manage your risk. Like but the biggest but the biggest most effective one I thought uh, like I think most people in this room have read about prep. Yes. yes. Now, I read an interesting article that said, prep does limit your chances of infection by about x number of percent. It, 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 or people on prep are less likely to catch HIV, but the thing that least that it has the largest effect on transmission of HIV is if a positive person is on medication. So when they've got a so, undetectable load. So if you're going to have unprotected sex with someone you know to be mm-hmm. HIV positive, one of the best things you can do is ask if they're on medication, which yeah. does significantly limit chances of transmission. I Interesting. Well, this is logical. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that does involve... That assumes that you've already found out whether they're positive or not. Yeah. And that does like involve that... If you've
0: asked that... or they're free.
2: We've all been there in the moment it's not the time that you want to have that awkward conversation of, wait, wait, stop, I just want to know, could this night completely go down bad or something like that?
0: <laughs> when you ask question, almost no one responds with, I'm so hot right now. <laughs>
2: you kind of have to yeah, ask that yeah. question, to be honest, quite early on in the proceedings before you're going to get to that hot and heavy state.
0: If you're in a situation where you cannot, like, though quite often, like, quite often that actually happens with group venues, where it's like having that conversation might mean someone disclosing in front of a group of strangers, which isn't necessarily a safe place for them to do it. So it can be very difficult to ascertain that kind of question.
2: So that's where PrEP really comes into its own.
0: And also with the federalization of risk, not knowing that's a factor, but let's not say, let's not say for everyone. So, I mean, saying that, With the advent of PrEP and HIV no longer being this massive boogeyman, gay men pretty much will have to look watch out for all their lives, Mm. at least not actively. They can just take the pill and let that worry go. Because a lot of people do say one of the biggest benefits is, once they get onto PrEP, is the psychological pressure releases. And they say they didn't realise just how much fear there was carrying around about sex. With that gone will barebacking be, remain a fetish? Or will it just become normalised like it was pre-HIV? As long as there are people out there saying, you must wear condoms, wearing, and people who get angry upset about people who do bareback, which in my experience might be the case, is generally men who survived the 80s And it was quite often positive men who are going, why don't they understand why we must use this condom-only message? And it's like, well, sometimes you have to turn around and go, well, did it work for you? No. Perhaps you should try something else then. This is the thing. In a perfect world, everyone would use both PrEP and condoms and every safety measure ever, but people are human. They're going to get lost in the heat of the moment. They're going to have sex while drunk. They're going to make stupid decisions. They're going to want to rebel. So it you have to account for human nature.
1: And it's just again, human nature. Everyone is different. Not everyone is going to have not everyone is going to use the same tools the same way. Some people won't use a condom correctly every single time because they can't, they won't, they forget, whatever. So as long as you've got other methods out there as well as condoms, then maybe one of the safety nets will work. Maybe they remembered to take their pills for the last three days, but they forgot to use a condom that time. I mean, weekends disappear sometimes. But generally speaking, over those weekends, you're remembering to have a few things at certain times. Adding one more thing at a certain time might be slightly more reliable than remembering to use a condom every single time you had sex.
0: They're starting to trial annual injections
1: instead of um. And I really look forward to getting to read the studies.
0: Yeah, because that would be easy. Annual injections for what's sir? Uh, prep. Yeah. Basically, instead of taking a daily pill, you basically on your wait, wait, doctor's check annual, like once
2: a year. It's a timed release dose. So it how big is this reduces, dose? Releases over the course of.
0: I think it's so like I'm a not couple of months, this, so me? like, if you go to the doctors like every three months or so.
2: Yeah, you can do it as part of your hopefully regular scheduled <laughs> yeah. checkup. Mm. as part of your sort of taking care of your sexual health, is that you go and you get this injection, just like a booster jab, really. Have and then wanted... you don't have to worry about it for the next... Oh,
0: that's fascinating, from the perspective of someone who's worked with positive people <clears throat> who have difficulties with adherence with their drugs... <laughs> So, that's really it could really it, help on yeah, that, that's that kind that, of level. Yeah. yeah. It's, cause it's very exciting, cause I mean, there's been some big progression in HIV treatment. Not just with PrEP, but with other, um, possible word- avenues. Um, but one thing I think we should say is, people who like have this totally condom message, who lived through the AIDS crisis, this just say no message. Yeah. You can't down them, because that was a very horrific time. We are, let's face it, very lucky, because we live in a day when it's not a death sentence. Where I, most of our friends have Yeah, It's, it's very understandable why yeah, this is a you're massive... You're not going to 15 funerals per year.
2: You can see how that would put you off, yeah. wanting to bear back.
0: Yeah. It's not needless, it's just, again, it doesn't fully account for human nature,
1: and it's not really worked. It's, it's a product of its time. You're going to, the condom only message. You're allowed to speak.
0: It's worked for some people. I know people who are, who are actively turned off, uh, watching Bareback Porn and can literally,
1: um, have totally the opposite effect. Different uh,
2: messages work for different people.
1: You, you have you're to, yeah. try you're all talking to one of them. Um, <laughs> but I think that's just part of my rubber fetish, more than anything else. <laughs> well, no, it's... Why don't more rubber guys get into condoms? It's an important question. Well,
0: it's funny you should say that, because um one of my favourite author- erotic authors growing up was um John Preston, who wrote Mr. Benson. I think that said John Prescott.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. My head went to a weird place there. Anyway, go no, on. No,
0: no, no. And he wrote um, <laughs> Mr. Benson, one of the defining kink novels of the age. I seriously suggest people look it up. Um, But one of his follow-up novels, um, he always included condoms in the sexes, deliberately. Mm. And he spent a lot of time eroticising them, talking about how the pre-con flowed under them and how it was his form of contact and flirtation. And he actually put effort into trying to eroticise condoms, and it worked. Mm. You can make it a bit fun. It's Bellamy something- did that a lot. They actually eroticised the putting on of a condom in most of their early porn. I
2: was going to agree. A lot of the problem with... Condom porn is that it kind of skips The point where the condom yeah. goes On the cock or off. And they just ignore that And pretend that it doesn't happen Whereas some porn, as you say Actually focuses on that And makes it part of the entire scene And I think that's what it should be doing If you're going to use yeah. condoms and make that I don't know much scene.
0: more about how to put them on People that way than using bananas In school, I can tell you <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is an interesting thing Is how much of where these these fetishes come from is the narrative given to us by porn, and how much is a porn a product of these fetishes
1: emerging? Chicken and egg. It's give and take. Oh yeah, really. yeah.
0: Obviously, it's one of these cycle things. But
2: I think the dep- times,
0: have you called the pizza and not actually had
2: sex <laughs> with the pizza man?
0: <laughs> I think
2: it depends which side of the fence you sit on. If your a a
1: plumber <laughs> has always been so ugly. <laughs>
2: If you're a porn production company, I think, uh, as certain ones say, you're documenting real sex, and you're just focusing on how society is acting. Yeah. I think if probably you work in sexual health outreach, (laughs) you're probably blaming the porn producers a lot more as not living up to their role model, or not being uh, good role models.
1: Well... Then we're getting back into, and. That the... seems
0: like a bit too much of an easy answer, like. And it's, because it's just human, like, sexualisation is just not nearly simple <laughs> enough for that to be the case. Oh, and you have things emerged like. Sorry, go on. Well, I've talked about in terms of responses to condom messages, like our audience member said. Uh, safe sex messages do work for some people, but. Unfortunately for some other people, it has the opposite effect where it causes guilt and anxiety, which means people are less likely to be open and honest and able to talk about it when they fail to meet up this standard, which they're told they have to. And that causes a lot more problems than saying, oh, well, you should use condoms where possible. But if you don't, that's okay, And we can talk about that. It's about giving them a safe, a and, safe place yeah, to make mistakes. And Dirty Boys, this is why the, this is why the narrative has turned into know your status. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Know your status, get checked out, if you don't use a condom, here are the things you can do, and here are the things you
0: really, really,
1: really should do. Because
0: knowing your status leads to the idea of, if people here are familiar with the idea of treatment as prevention, which is a statement used a lot in the last five years, ten years of sexual health, which is, if you treat everyone in the population who has HIV, then the amount of virus in the population goes down, and therefore, in theory, infections goes down. Now, there are some holes in this theory, but on the whole, it works. And that's why knowing your status and early treatment can and does to an extent work. There are gaps in in this theory of treatment of prevention, but on the whole... Oh yeah, you're no. never going to have a magic bullet in the There's hole. no one simple
1: answer. Not until vaccination technology moves on by about a hundred years, no. True. Which we
2: can hope for, you know, that breakthrough that they keep saying might be just
1: around the corner. It, it, yeah. <laughs> Who knows, maybe DNA every vaccines is, will work. Every breakthrough is unexpected. Yeah. True. Yeah.
0: Perfect. The other thing I want to get on is, like, with the comp, with the unexpected side effects of, um, the message of safe sex is things like the Bareback Brotherhood pop up, where they not only actively talk about barebacking, but sort of make it a personal pride slash political statement. Well, I think that stems from people finding a safe space to talk about it with. But their safe space is almost purely defined by the negative reaction they've had from others.
2: It's so, reactionary. Yeah. Flips yeah. the other way around. So mm.
0: they've been told they're wrong and they're stupid for not wearing condoms. And they finally find people they can talk to about it who have the same experience. Being told they're wrong and they're stupid. And they find out, well no, this is something I greatly enjoy. I derive a lot of pleasure from this. And you know what? I haven't had the horrible consequences of people are talking about. Many of them say, I actually do have HIV, and you know what? I'm not dying on this deathbed like I've been told I would all my life. So, they must be wrong for telling me this is what's gonna happen. So I'm not gonna listen to them at all. And that's where this kind of community comes from. And now that that community exists, it's a lot harder to talk to the, to have conversations that are around managing risk because they are so used to anyone approaching them on this subject to be so authoritarian. I think Condon Nazi is the term used. Yes. I mean, it should be said, we are aware that there are other issues around the Bareback Brotherhood with um, the main guy that runs the site advocates um, stealthing, which...
2: So glad you brought that
0: up. Yeah, which is pretty much rape. Uh, it's yeah, a rape public service uh, announcement
2: that needs to happen. If you don't know what it is, go Google it.
0: Yeah, if you are a listener, yeah, if you are a listener and yeah, you like put the hashtag bear brack brotherhood in your tweets, please be aware of what. Again, not trying to be authoritarian, but be aware of what the guy running the main site has advocated, which is pretty horrible.
1: For those of you not in the loop, stealthing is where you pretend to use a condom but you intentionally sabotage it so that you are, in fact, having bareback sex. This can be done from the top's perspective, by poking a hole through the condom, pretending to put it on and not sticking it on, or otherwise breaking it, or from the bottom's perspective, by pre-inserting an oil-based lube to break down the condom during sex. This is not okay. This is rape do not do it
0: what i find particularly interesting about stories like that is one of the reasons they are so entrenched used particularly in gay culture is because you get very different reactions if it was a woman doing it where if a woman put condoms that would be seen as oh well something that wasn't that good but if a man does it and I get there, it's a lot more... There are, I'm
1: not entirely sure how to phrase <laughs> what I'm thinking of, without sounding like an Actually, <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting metaphor, actually. If you start rephrasing it and thinking of HIV-like pregnancy... A lot of people who reject... I think
0: that's
2: a sub-fetish of itself.
0: A lot of people but, who reject... Uh, I will one day cover male pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> A lot Mm. of people who reject messages and reject the idea the people who are telling them what to do, Mm. the condom Nazis, a lot of that stems from the idea of like, well, we're being treated so differently. Everything gay men do is is spoken about in terms of HIV Mm. prevention. And, well, that's... We're here, we're queer, we're having bareback sex, get used mm, to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just the idea of when you see safe sex messages talk about their heterosexual peers, their friends, and it's all about, uh, it's all, very little of it is focused on sexual health. Most of it is focused on pregnancy. And it's just somewhat jarring to people in the, the bareback brotherhood yeah. really, to see this dissonance of how they're treated. As if, yeah. Yeah, I haven't phrased this entirely well. No, I can get the general point you're getting towards. It's gay men, there seems to be this massive onus on sex is dangerous. Yeah, whereas absolutely. you don't get that of heterosexual people. And someone has, I mean, quite a few people, um, I think I first heard it in looking, but I've heard people say it since then, is prep for gay men is what the pill has done for women in terms of sexual advance.
1: Well, we've had the morning after pill for a little while in the form of pet. We've had condoms and now we've got the pill that you have to take every day. So, we're slowly, slowly getting our metaphors in line.
2: Yeah, I think it's a good metaphor. It doesn't... It stops one of the big issues. But it doesn't solve every problem. There's still a lot of STIs out there. You still need to be aware of who you're playing with and what you're doing. It doesn't solve any of those problems. It just can quite nicely solve one of the big ones.
1: Yeah, Yeah. The one big one which can change your life really, really dramatically if you let it.
2: And now have a visualization of people with a HIV baby.
0: <laughs> what would that That'll look work like? <laughs> would that would be cute. <laughs> oh, <horribly> oh. Terrifying. <laughs> you just spent twenty years trying to make sure that babies can be born without it, let's not have that
1: <laughs> You see I'm just picturing the giant microbe plushie. And I'm just seeing everyone just having to like Little carry around one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Those plushies led to someone squealing in great delight I'm about to give my boyfriend HIV on the tube, which did not go down very well. <laughs> oh, dear. So we've talked a bit about um some of like the reasoning behind barebacking. One of, is often cited is the sense of intimacy it can give. Now, in some cases you cry I've cried bullshit because it's like You're fucking with a guy you don't know in an anonymous sex club. Where's the intimacy in that? But on the other hand, with a boyfriend, it can be this thing of, you know, it's a special thing you can just do with your partner and, you know, you trust each other and it's sort of symbolic, in a way, of intimacy. I disagree. I think intimacy is very much in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Yeah, I will concede. It's totally a subjective experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's uh, hard to quantify any feelings, sexually that people have. It's,
1: it's a very stri- strange sticky area. It does allow for greater spontaneity of sex. I will grant you that it takes out about 30 seconds of fiddling. I'm a bottom. There's no such thing as spontaneity in sex.
0: <laughs> i have a very no. fastidiously yeah. clean bottom. There is no such thing.
1: I would... Debate that because I know about how deep you have cleaned in the past and how much emodium you have used over the course of a weekend.
0: I never thought you, I'd say this, but I think you're doing it wrong. You,
1: you can <laughs> it's indeed... It's all in
0: the eye at the bottom.
1: <laughs> you can indeed have spontaneous yet clean sex, provided your planning was far enough in advance. <laughs>
2: That's not really spontaneous. Yeah. <laughs> it's, You've it's, just got really good planning. Adam, <laughs> yeah, I think you
0: don't understand the word spontaneous. <laughs> I've been figuring on Sunday at five.
1: Fine. You don't have to say, hold on, stay horny, I need to go clean up. You can say, yes. <laughs> <It's, but laughs> you're just putting the planning a little further forward. <laughs> yeah. But, I still think that's, it allows for slightly greater, um, uh, I don't know how I'm trying to phrase this. It allows for the progression to go with slightly fewer interruptions.
0: In other words, eat plenty of fiber. Fiber is a bottom's friend. <laughs> Protein.
1: <laughs>
0: Protein is <laughs> a I disagree with the fiber thing entirely. Uh. I think modern medicine disagrees with you entirely on that one. <laughs> Maybe I'm doing it wrong. How about a healthy, well-balanced diet? Is <laughs> a bottom's best friend. <laughs> this is an amazing supplement. On no, video no, no.
1: <laughs> lube and douching. I don't know. Are a bottom's two best I friends, and pa- everything else. They are close seconds. <laughs> I defer Lube to our published, best
0: published bottoming expert. Uh, yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering whether it'd be rude to say if you want to know more about teaching go go, go visit bottoming one oh one. It tells you all about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have here a published expert. <laughs> <laughs> published is a strong
2: word. Blog post that happens to be wildly popular.
1: How that many hundreds of thousands
2: of views so far? Uh, we are over half a million, which is terrifying. There we go.
1: You probably count as published.
2: So, yeah, if you want to know more about douching, go visit the blog post.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: It'll tell you how to be a good bottom, and it does not say anything about fibre.
1: That is bottoming 101, bottoming 101. <laughs>
0: So you should write a follow-up about fiber. <laughs> <laughs> and protein, and diet. The healthy diet for a good bottom.
2: <laughs> this have sounds have advanced like... Advanced bottoming techniques.
1: The <laughs> we weekly need... diet for a weekend fisting. We need I think to that say is this. a blog post that could happen. This needs <laughs> to happen for GX Magazine. Publish a weekly post with what you're allowed to eat this week. You can... Make like, a decent amount of money it's out tag of it. The
0: tagline is, you barely need to wipe.
2: Oh, oh <laughs> I
0: think we've gotten slightly off topic. Yeah. <laughs> what were we talking about? HIV uh, and barebacking. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. Well, they're linked to bottom... I mean, this is the other thing you have to be concerned about if you're not using a condom. You really have to be clean. <laughs>
2: Well, the risk is different for bottoms and tops. But that depends Mm. on your fetish. Uh, Yes. yes, yes. Let's deal with one fetish at a time, (laughs) shall we?
0: (laughs) I think I'm going to put off doing that fetish for a while. I'm sorry, I know I shouldn't be closed minded but...
2: Not aiming for the trisexual option?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Trisexual? Try try anything anything once.
2: once. Twice to make sure you hated it. (laughs) I thought it
0: was Uh. triceratops. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> I think that's covered. Within, I'll try anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Unless that is your thing, being able to just simply go, gross, peel off, bin, is a lot easier than, ew, I'm going to go shower.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's always worth saying, as much as porn portrays it at, well, most porn portrays it as, um you can get perfectly clean, even if you clean out well,
2: accidents happen.
0: Yeah, shit still happens. An occupational hazard if you're mm. doing that. Yeah. Yep. These unrealistic, what is it? Stereos. <laughs> have you got your beach body ready? Kind of like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Unrealistic um, expectations. Yeah.
0: Have you got your part and body? Bot, 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 <laughs> no, have you no, no. Don't ask if you've got ready? your party bottom ready. <laughs> That's a different thing. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy's coming at two. <laughs> And he isn't even a week. He's the sloppiest party bottom in all the land. Slopper bottom of square.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how clean clean you can realistically expect to get.
0: You
2: have a colon snake quite clean.
1: Uh, Good point.
2: What, what Again, advanced what? bottoming, I'll make it happen and mm. explain come on, snakes. to you. No, no, no,
0: I think the cleanest thing you possibly get you can possibly get is I've been out partying all week. I'm not I've not I've not eaten anything. There is, is literally so nothing cold. to digest. <laughs> and I am very cold. Well, cold and pissing like a rate
2: of sauce, but clean.
0: <laughs> and so tired. I may not move much. <laughs>
1: Some people like that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we are also, again. Uh... <laughs> Way into the long grass.
0: <laughs> Follow back. <laughs> well, we're, we're coming. Thirty-four. <laughs> yes, I mean we're coming back um, to forty-five minutes.
1: So, so to sum up, always use a condom when you can. Um, Look into the alternatives when you can't.
2: Yeah. Get tested. For the love of God, get tested and regularly.
1: And if keep... at all possible, talk to your partner and be non-judgmental and honest about it so that hopefully they can answer honestly and both of you can make an informed decision.
0: Yes, and um shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bonus message. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it's oh. like the biggest message that after what is it, seven years working in sexual health, for me, was the biggest thing you can do is communication. Be open and nice with your partner and use a doctor. Yeah. So find a way, Find something that works for you. Uh,
1: one final little PSA, just because I'm aware we haven't mentioned it so far. Um, HIV cannot be transmitted from an HIV-positive person with an undetectable viral load. They don't have enough of the virus in them to have an infectious, um, to be infectious during standard sex. There,
0: there, there so, are caveats to that, but nothing in relation to... It's never
2: been proven. Sex, yeah. There's never been a proven case of transmission. That's, well. A statement
0: was done for a very specific legal purpose, and t- saying transmission can't happen. So, But everyone will come up with those expectations. It means in all it. likelihood. So
2: again, it is safer with undetectable guys. Yeah. So if we're if we're going for a risk based
1: approach, <laughs>
0: if you're going for a risk based approach, if they're on treatment and they don't have a viral load, so like you you are not going to get HIV from that person. Yeah, you're going to yeah. be fine.
1: So again, honesty, openness, informed decisions.
0: Yes. Right. Well, I'm Craig. I'm Jason. I'm Adam. I'm Eddie. I'm the studio audience. And from everyone here at Kinky Boys, Good night! Hey! Hi folks, Craig here. Just wanted to say, if you wish to write in to give us um, opinions, feedback, or even show suggestions, you can email us at kinkboyspodcast at gmail.com. That's kinkboyspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Kinky Boys Podcast. And we have a Twitter at Kinky Boys Pod. You can reach us at any of these and we're very welcoming for any feedback, suggestions or show ideas. If you wish to appear on the show talking about a very particular fetish you may have, please feel free to write in.